0: A lawyer for Fox described Netflix's disregard for its contracts with its executives as very audacious as the companies head toward a trial in a high-profile fight over poaching talent. Joining me is entertainment lawyer Bobby Schwartz, a partner at Quinn Emanuel. The firm has represented Netflix in the past, but is not involved in this case. So, Bobby, tell us about this lawsuit that started when two executives left Fox for Netflix about three years ago.
1: Well, Netflix has been eager to stoke its fire of talent, and it's been going around town to studios to lure people away, lawfully as it believes the case to be. And Fox fought back and said, hey, you can't touch our employees. They're under contract. And that's what the fight's all about. Are these contracts enforceable? Can Fox keep people from poaching their employees?
0: Talk a little bit more about what Netflix did in response and what their argument is.
1: Netflix's position is that Fox has unlawfully handcuffed its employees by trying to invoke protections under California law for stars, movie stars and singers and people whose talents are truly unique and put that in every one of its contracts and then forced its employees to continue their employment for more than – lawful length of seven years under California law. So Netflix is saying, look, Fox, we know you have contracts with these people, but they're not legal contracts. And it's important under California law to let people test their value in the marketplace at least once every seven years. And it's important to allow people to go look for other jobs. And the California legislature has passed several important statutes to reinforce those principles. And Fox's view is tough luck. We have a signed contract and that should trump it all.
0: And the judge made a preliminary ruling agreeing with Fox. Tell us about that.
1: Well, he agreed and didn't agree. In other words, the ultimate outcome of this is that the case is going to get tried and the jury will decide who's right. But the, f- the judge was skeptical of some of Netflix's arguments, erroneously, frankly, in my view, <laughs> but it's his view that counts, not mine.
0: So why do you think Netflix's arguments are better than he thinks they are?
1: Well, primarily for this reason, the famous actress Olivia de Havilland, 80 80- almost 80 years ago, won an important victory in the California Court of Appeal, that no personal services contract is enforceable more than seven years after the commencement of services. There are no exceptions. You can't contract around it. And what the judge did is he did something that the the Court of Appeal told him he can't do. He said, well... I think um, allowing employees to do that provides financial security, to meet their financial obligations, school tuition, et cetera. It's precisely because of employers like Fox that have the economic advantage in those situations because their employees have those financial responsibilities that employers like Fox can extract promises that are contrary to the California statute. It is not for the judge to decide what is in the best interest of the employee. It's for the employee to decide what's in his or her best interest. And that's where I think he made one of his big errors.
0: So the case is being watched closely in Hollywood because Netflix and the other streaming companies want executives that have experience in this area. What kind of contracts might it affect in the future? Would this have any precedential value?
1: It could have tremendous precedential value. If Fox wins this case, then it means that in California you can lock up the services of any employee, except perhaps for someone who sweeps the floor. But you can invoke the protections that give you the right to an injunction and prevent an employee from working for a competitor for any employee, even if their services, frankly, are, are somewhat fungible and would make it very hard for people to explore their value and frankly advance their careers contrary to specific provision in California law. So it could have a a very substantial effect.
0: Is there a possibility of settlement before trial?
1: There always is. I have no visibility into this case. I don't know what discussions Mm -hmm. the parties have had. I'm sure there's a lot of acrimony. Netflix is the new kid on the block and all of the studios have ganged up against it in terms of trying to protect their employees. So maybe there's too much bad blood, but you never know. There's always that possibility.
0: What is Fox looking for here? Money well, damages? They
1: I No, they said they're looking only for $1. Um, I don't know how, how <laughs> reliable that, that assertion by their lawyer is, but what they're really looking for is an injunction to prevent Netflix or anybody else from luring away their employees who are still under a term contract. So it's really the injunctive relief that Fox wants.
0: Now, is Netflix involved in a legal fight with Viacom over a similar matter?
1: Very similar case. They Netflix hired some people from the Viacom family of companies, and they've been sued. A very similar lawsuit, very similar facts.
0: Let me ask you this. These contracts, were there provisions for what might happen if the employee broke the contract?
1: Yes, uh, but the the primary provision that everyone is focusing on is the provision that says that the employee cannot go work for a competitor while they're working for Fox and for some number of months or years after the employment ends.
0: So a non-compete clause?
1: Non-compete provisions, non-solicitation provisions of other employees to go with them.
0: Are those non-compete clauses very popular outside of entertainment contracts? in Hollywood?
1: Well, you would expect to find them predominantly in, in employment contracts. They're found in all kinds of industries where companies want to ensure that if they enter into a new agreement with someone They're getting their services and they're not just educating their competitors' future employees so they can hold on to people. But California courts are very clear about what limitations have to apply and when these are enforceable and when they're not enforceable. And that's a big issue in this case.
0: That was going to be my next question, which is how much would the law here apply to other states or is California law so particular on this matter that it will just apply in California?
1: I think only in California. Uh, California has specific statutes that many other states don't have. No other state has a seven-year rule. No other state has what we call 16600, which says that any contract that interferes with someone's ability to earn a living, practice their trade, is unenforceable. These are protections that are fairly unique to California.
0: Well, thanks so much. It was great having you on. That's Bobby Schwartz. He's a partner at Quinn Emanuel.